Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Chai Break Podcast. This is your host, Shweta Ravi Shankar. And Ramachari from New York City. This season, we're excited to interview a roster of amazing South Asian women who have broken barriers, questioned norms, and continue to make a mark for themselves. They come to you from all over the globe, from Bangalore to New York, Melbourne and everywhere in between. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we do and chime in along the way. So let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Chai Break Podcast. Hi, Rama. Hi, Shweta. How is your long weekend going? It couldn't be more perfect. Sunny skies, picnics, and lots of quality time with the family. Oh my God, that sounds so good, right? Yeah, the weather's, we were blessed. The weather seems to be great. It's been such clear skies and no rain so far. Mm -hmm. But you know, you mentioned something. You said it couldn't be more perfect. Like, have you ever wondered what defines something as perfect? Like, is this perfection? (laughs) (laughs) So true, right? So true. Actually, no. But hey, you know what? We're exactly going to discuss that today. How somehow the perfect, the word perfect rather, has become this ideal that we constantly strive for. Whether it's that perfect vacation, the perfect dress, the perfectly behaved children, and the list just goes on and on. I know we've all been guilty of it at some point, right? Yeah, I'm actually like, you know, I'm trying to like tone down that word, using the word perfect for anything. Like, you know, sometimes I I do type it, when somebody gives a response I need, I'm like, oh, perfect. But I'm like, is that really perfect? Do I need to be perfect? Do I need something around me to be perfect? So it can be quite exhausting. So having that, literally the word perfect can be quite exhausting, isn't it? That is so true. That's so true. It makes life in itself feel like a race to reach that ideal, you know, at every given point in time. And honestly, you know, like we know, it's impossible, right? Yeah. And, you know, like, I think we're discussing this because we never stopped and paused and thought about, hey, are we um, abusing the word perfect? Like, what is perfection? Is perfection the know-all in dolls? So I think this is a great segue to discuss that. So excited about this episode. Yeah, that's so true. Because as a generation, I feel like we're, you know, setting ourselves up for failure in, you know, in fact, by stressing over this perfectionism mindset, yeah. you know, um, and our the discussion is also about what is perfectionism? What is failure? But also in the race for perfectionism, are we equipped enough to handle the failure that's to come, which is kind of inevitable, right? Yeah, and more. And like, what exactly is, why is this perfection mentality just escalating, right? So we should talk all about this. So what is perfectionism? Or really, who is considered a perfectionist, right? Perfectionists, Mm -hmm. by definition, are people who strive for the best. They want to be the best. They want to ace their exams. They want to be just totally meticulous at their jobs. They want to raise perfect children. In fact, I jokingly say to people, like if, you know, we have all these personality tests, right? Carl Jung, Carl Jung personality test, and mm-hmm. we have the zodiac signs where Virgos are considered perfectionists. And, <laughs> you know, and I know you're, you're a Virgo there with <laughs> oh all the chuckle. <laughs> I, I always think like, you know, if I was, if I was the CEO of a corporation, I will be like, you know, at least some of my top employees will be like those perfectionists. Because they do strive to be the best. And for an organization, that's actually good. Mm -hmm. But is it really good for them in the long run? So I think that's what we're here to discuss. So one might assume that this whole drive for the ideal just translates over, 
you know, to their health. They should be just perfect with their bodies. They should be just the epitome of perfect mental well-being and physical well-being. But mm-hmm. is that really true? Is that what's happening? That That's so rightly put, actually, because right off the bat, you know, as a Virgo, as a perfectionist, you know, I have lived over 30 years of my life striving for that perfectionist mentality. And I can tell you from experience, you know, for the kind of person I am, the personality I have, it's brought me nothing but tons of stress, <laughs> not living in the moment, you know. Yeah. So let's just prefix this, this discussion by stating that perfection is a false construct that is conjured up by the society. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you know, it's not to say that you should not strive to be better. Of course, we have to. You know, it's nice, yeah. right? Because, you know, you you take each day at a time and you try to get better at something, whatever is that is you're doing. Yeah. But in trying to do so, if you're going to subject yourself to pressures of both pressure from yourself and others, this whole effort, you know, starts becoming more negative, more forceful. Mm-hmm. And in the process kind of makes you feel less than ideal because if you don't reach that, your ideal of perfectionism, yeah. right? Or the society's ideal of perfectionism, because all of this is so ingrained in us right? It's become part of our DNA almost. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as a physician, I know of lots of surgeons, surgical colleagues, uh, friends of mine, who I admire because they aim for perfection. Like there are professions where you have to have zero error, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, to err is human everywhere. There are no situations where errors will never happen. But aim for zero errors, like my surgical colleagues, you know, pilots, people who fly us Mm -hmm. in those huge aircrafts, there are certain areas where they require that kind of perfectionism. Uh, but there are, I think we've kind of taken it a little bit overboard where we require perfectionism in everything that we're, we're doing around, right? Maybe the people around us, uh, the friends we have, the houses we live in, the mm-hmm. uh, kind of career path that we're going to take, mm-hmm. or even raising our kids. And I think we're going to talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it can sometimes become too hard on itself and also around us. Where, you know, when mistakes happen, perfectionists, I feel, are the ones that are not able to really, really, um, you know, kind of see the other side easily because they're just not able to understand that mistakes, such mistakes can happen. That That is so true because, <laughs> I, you know, I keep reading this thing about Virgos that, you know, if you do a mistake, a Virgo will n- will be like, wait, how did you even make this mistake? Yeah. You know, and I'm totally guilty of that, totally guilty of that. And it it takes that, you know, shift in mindset, mm-hmm. you know, um, to be like, it's okay. You know, it's okay for it to happen. Like I I vividly remember, you know, um, many, many a times when I had to like, when, when I'm starting being so hard on myself, I'm like, you know what, hang on, it, it's fine. You drop something, you spill something, you did something wrong, it, it's fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. and to add to all of this, in comes the modern day blessing and curse, social media. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> Instagram, roll, TikTok, right? Facebook, which is, everything's visible, everything's transparent. And you're just seeing everybody's life and everybody's just putting their best self, their best moments and all the highs, their new job, new baby, weddings, graduations, all homes, their highs, everything. Yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. And yeah. it's, you know, whether it's health, whether it's children, whether it's the stuff, new stuff you're buying, yeah. you know, the whole unboxing online, you know, with influencers. Yeah. And um, I remember this was like even like four years ago, like pre-pandemic, you know, yeah. um, I was constantly living with this FOMO attitude. Again, something that's been conjured up in the social media 
uh, space, which is fear of missing out. Yeah. You know, and uh, it can really be draining, you know, that is true. because you start doing things so that you can capture it for social media. Right. Can I make a confession just this morning? Because I woke up with this perfection <laughs> mentality. I was like, I'm going to start this morning perfect. I usually have a morning um, decoction that I make. And I was sitting outside the patio, just hearing the birds chirping, clear skies. <laughs> and it could not be more perfect. And then I walk in, just getting ready to prepare for our podcast. And my one of my dogs just puked all over. Oh, and God. and I had to like get <laughs> off from that whole zone that I had to like starting to clean the puke. And then part of me was like, oh my God, how did this happen? How could he do this? I just had a perfect morning start. And I guess we're all, like you said, we're all guilty of that because yeah, I, yeah. Wanted, I wanted to have that perfect little morning. So well, who did it finally uh, create issues for? Not for my dog. He's fine. He's just fluttering and running around. It was me. <laughs> yeah. Was yeah, because you find it hard. You know, we were talking about it, right? When you mentioned, because yeah. some days you're able to just shake it off. Yeah. Like, you know, when Dia has a tantrum and then she, when she leaves to school, I'm able to just shake it off and yeah. still go on with my day. Yeah. But there are other times where it just gets to you, yeah. you know, and like I was saying, like my mind, I find my mind split in half sometimes, you know, one part of my brain like telling me. Like, hey, you know what? It's fine. She's only six years old. It happens all the time. Just let it go. And this is other part of my brain, which is just like, you know, fight or flight. You know, it's just going into this like, no, like, how can this be okay? Right? You know, you find it so hard to shake it off, shake off that moment. Yeah. I mean, the poor dog was having some messy uh, stomach and he puked. Uh -huh. It was so uh -huh. upsetting because it ruined my perfect, you know, bird chirping <laughs> morning. But, you know, these are the things. That's why we're talking about this in the open. But your point about social media is absolutely right. I mean, it's one of the influences um, that's kind of driven this whole perfection mindset, I think, in a way. And, you know, the whole fear of missing out, that attitude seems to be growing. And it's not the most healthiest attitude, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think we've all been, um, you know, victims of that as well. And some of us are openly talking about it and trying to our best to get out of that. Thing. And like you have in Chai Break, right, Shweta? We always say your wife, your tribe, right? That is so <laughs> true. That is so true. So we're seeking, we're trying to spread the word. We're seeking people who are kind of, you know, uh, who think of the same kind of uh, ideas as, as with the same ideology. And so social media can now be channeled for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes we can now talk about our uh, weaknesses out in the open and there are a lot of people out there who are actually doing that and yeah, I think come forward and I think like with influencers these days that's mm -hmm. become a thing where you know keeping it raw and real you know just and making it seem like hey you know I might be an influencer with a million followers but you know what I mm -hmm. also cry I also have these moments mm -hmm. these low moments these mm -hmm. rejections and making it seem like yes after all at the end of the day no matter what your persona is online you know, you were just a regular person. Exactly, exactly. The fact that I'm actually talking about my dog puke this morning says, uh, says that I've come <laughs> way too far in this journey. <laughs> so yeah. it's, I, think it's, I think you're right. It's important to seek out those people in real life and online. So instead of focusing on the fear of missing out attitude in social media as to like, oh my God, this person has done this, this person's having this, this trip or, you know, this person's wearing this fancy clothes and always just something fun. The same mm -hmm. person may go home and just have an episode of a breakdown. Who knows? I yeah. mean, you know, we don't know the other side of these people. So instead of actually always seeking people who are at least, you know, provide quote unquote, are living a perfect life, 
we should focus on those people who are actually speaking their minds, right? Mm -hmm. People who mm -hmm. are talking about their highs at the same time talking about the lows. And that's, that's right. what we call uh, your vibe, your tribe in our tribe break. Like, like Eckhart told the author, totally the author of Power of Now, he says, realize mm -hmm. deeply that the present moment is all that you ever have. So make the now the primary focus of life. So Beautiful. instead of trying to aiming to be somebody who is living the life that you think is perfect, just don't have to go seeking that. Let's take a pause and let's just take a breath and let's be in the now. Yeah, because yeah. now is the perfect time. I mean, I think this is the perfect time to kind of reflect again, say I perfect time. You know, it's like so <laughs> ingrained in our vocabulary. It's so hard. <laughs> we should, we should be, we should do something about that word, right? Anytime you use perfect, I'd be like, eh. And then anytime you use perfect, you can give me noise. <laughs> And that is that is so true. Because, you know, I think as a new mom, I still remember, right? Because you're a first time mom and you yeah. want to be the perfect mom. So in, in the quest for that, I joined all these, you know, uh, breastfeeding groups because, yeah. you know, I wanted to be more equipped with, uh, you know, all the knowledge that's out there. Yeah. And I still remember, like, as I went back to work, you know, back in the day, you know, yeah. maternity was just, I, I think I went back when the year was like two and a half months. Yeah. So I had to go back to work. And start pumping at work. Yeah. And my body was just not cooperating. You know, it did just better with feeding there directly. And it, mm -hmm. that's just how it was. Mm -hmm. And then when I, in all of these groups, moms would like post pictures of how much milk they've pumped or mm -hmm. how long they fed their children. Mm -hmm. And I remember I went through this spiral time mm -hmm. where I was just being so hard on myself for not mm -hmm. being able to provide. And, you know, it was really, really bad. And uh, I was ashamed of supplementing mm -hmm. the air. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, and I see that even today because uh, there are, you know, some breastfeeding positive groups, which is great. Mm -hmm. It's great if you can do it. And at the time, my, my best friend uh, was also, you know, a new mother. And I mm -hmm. remember she had this, you know, amazing, spotless, seamless journey of mm -hmm. breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And I remember constantly comparing myself to her and feeling less than. Mm -hmm. You know, until I had to uh, kind of come to terms that fed is best. And I think it took a long time for that. And I think I was so harsh, not only on myself, but like any time I remember whether it was my mother-in-law, my mother, or even my husband would tell me maybe she's hungry, I would get offended. Yeah, no, I think I think motherhood is a perfect uh, example by perfection. You know, most mothers aim for perfection because I think it comes in our maternal mm -hmm. We, you know, we're nurturing, it's maternal. Yeah. And I think it's it, it just comes in that very DNA of, of wanting to be that way. Mm -hmm. But then that's where I think we also slip down a lot more. Um, and that's where I think, you know, we're seeing postpartum depression. We're seeing, mm -hmm. you know, so many mental highs and lows with motherhood. And that's a lot because of the pressure we place on ourselves. True. And I think society, in a way, is also uh, helping um, you know, aiding that pressure being that placed on us. Great. So yeah. it, you're absolutely right. And I've been through this journey. I'm sure many mothers out there are nodding their heads right now. And when they're listening to us speak about these things, but again, you know, it is again, where do we stop? Where does this stop? It comes from within us. It comes from within yeah. us saying like, there's no such thing as perfection. Perfect is the best that you can do at any given moment. That is so true. And in fact, this was exactly what I started telling my daughter when she was three 
because I caught myself, as as you can see already, you know, I used to use the word perfect so often. Mm-hmm. Like anything she would draw, she would mm-hmm. do it. Like, this is perfect, dear. This is perfect that, perfect this. And then I caught her, I caught myself because she would get extremely, extremely frustrated. Mm-hmm. But this is not perfect, Amma. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. so I had to like completely change that around and, you know, pivoted and said that, you know what? There is no such thing as perfection. Perfect is whatever you can, you know, the best you can give at any given moment. That is your best. Your best and someone else's best and their perfect, it's totally subjective and it's totally different. And, you know, we're talking about this and, you know, we still, we're trying, we're still doing the work. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing is we're conscious about this. We're aware about this. And I think that's a big first step in just like, hey, hold on. I'm getting into this perfection mindset. Just like Mm -hmm. stop you know, pause and realign and then move forward. I think that's what, like, for example, like your stories about Dia's, you know, the breastfeeding issues. I've had similar stories and it's not too long ago. I was trying to expose Ananya to every skill on the planet Mm -hmm. because, you know, if she opened her mouth and I took her to US Open when she was four years old and wanted her to watch tennis and then thought that will inspire her. So, you know, you come back home and then she talks about tennis and then I'm going to put her in tennis lessons and she's going to be the next Serena yeah. Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is the kind of thinking. And the same yeah. thing happened. And she just, she I, I brought her all this stuff and she went for two lessons and then, then you know, she just flung her bad. That was the end of it. And same thing, piano lessons. You know, I just wanted to expose her to everything. So if the moment she she went and just dabbled around with the keyboard to someone's house, I was like, oh my God, she's going to become <laughs> the next Mozart. I'm going to do this and this for her, enroll in yeah. all the lessons. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. It hasn't crossed, uh, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Yeah. And the same thing with like, you know, I, I, I've, I've just joined her in fencing because mm-hmm. she was interested in it. But, you know, I think what happens is, I guess it was more me trying to get her exactly. to become mm-hmm. a star, a classic, mm-hmm. you know, becoming somebody's great at something. Mm-hmm. Uh, she may just wanted to have fun. And exactly. I just kind of removed the fun. Yeah. I just pulled the fun out of her life by just putting her into all these things and making this a chore. And then she just lost interest in all of that. So mm-hmm. perfectionism is what I, and I was thinking I was being the perfect mother, exposing the child to everything so she can really be skilled in so many things. Mm-hmm. And less did I know that I was just removing the fun out of life, you yeah, know, not yeah. being in the now. And so, yeah, so I think there's so much that we all have done. We still are doing this morning episode being a great example that we still have so much work to do in this regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and that's, you know, as I think this is the perfect segue, right? Because now we talked about perfectionism and how it's not so ideal, but in all of this, what's the one constant? Failure, right? Failure is is a constant. And I feel like especially in today's age, as we're raising kids and even us, as we, you know, grow older, failure is inevitable. And it's that change in mindset that is required. You need to equip yourself to deal with that, Right. right? Because if you work hard enough, like success will come. But along the way, along the path to success, along that ladder, you know, there are many, many dips and many, many falls. And if we don't, uh, you know, are not prepared for that, if we don't prepare our children for that, that is what, you know, leads to all kinds of, you know, whether it's mental health issues and, you know, depression and anxiety and all of that. So wait, so basically why we're talking about failure is because, um, you know, perfectionism and fear of failure go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, the huge downsides of having that fear of failure, because you have this perfectionist mindset, 
and there is fear of failure. So many steps will not be taken because of Mm -hmm. just this. So it always is a hold back, right? And so that's why we're talking about the failure. And again, social media, how often do we share our failures freely without feeling, you know, less about it? Mm -hmm. We see a lot of people on social media posting how successful they are, but how often do they talk about how how things have not worked out for them, mm-hmm. and yet they are trying to make things work. Because society needs to know that. Even our kids going to schools, even our kids, like, you know, the college applications, every yeah. year it's becoming even more rigorous, you know? Mm-hmm. It almost looks like you have to go to the moon to get to some of these top colleges yeah. to really, you know, so it is creeping in our society everywhere, everywhere, everywhere people want to know how good and great you are. Mm -hmm. Why can't people know how terrible you are at something, yet you're going at it? Why can't Mm -hmm. that be a story? Exactly. No, because I feel like the persistence, the resilience, you know, the effort, those are the things that are truly deserve the, you know, the praise and the celebration. Because you, I feel like even trying, right? Because when you talk about failure, failure is such a great thing. If you look at it this way, that you tried. Yeah. You fail means you tried. So what's worse? Not trying. Yeah. So equipping our youth, equipping ourselves, equipping our children to actually go for it fearlessly, mm-hmm. you know, even in the face of failure, knowing that, yes, you will fall, mm-hmm. but you try anyways, mm-hmm. you know. And if you don't reach the, you know, you don't get the top rank, you don't reach number one as it's always like, you know, looked at. It's okay. But you know what? You had fun along the way. Are you having fun along the way? I feel like all of these little elements uh, that, you know, reach you to that pinnacle of success Mm -hmm. is so important and sometimes much more important than that success, right? Mm -hmm. Because that moment of success is momentary. Mm -hmm. But what it took you to reach that months and years of hard work and how you worked through all of these emotions and all of these failures and moments where you think you wouldn't make it and you still made it. Right. And, you know, in my profession, this this actually, I'm a pathologist. So my job is to diagnose patients' problems, like, you know, mostly diagnosing cancers. And as pathologists, you know, what we say is kind of the final start, final go, because a lot of med treatment relies on the report a pathologist provides. Mm-hmm. So there is a perfectionist mindset that happens in my profession, because we need to be perfect, because you don't want to give a wrong diagnosis that caters to wrong treatment Mm -hmm. and that caters to a patient's life you know it's you know being um gone down in different directions so perfectionism is ingrained in my profession but now we're slowly starting to see that to err is human you know that's what we are we're all ultimately although we're pathologists we're still humans and errors do happen Mm -hmm. and so we're trying to actually uh, gain this awareness through societies and stuff and even in, in some of my uh, work community, because societies, we're now going to have conferences based on the errors that have happened and let people wow. talk about it in the open. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I am this great XYZ pathologist, but I've also done this error yeah. in my profession because it is normal. Mm-hmm. It has to be normalized. It has to be like, oh, okay, I guess you're human. You've done error. Mm-hmm. You know, we all don't want to keep doing errors more, but... Mm-hmm. Be having room for zero error only leads 
to a downfall mm-hmm. than actual. You have to just normalize all of this, right? Yes, absolutely. In some ways. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to do that only because we live in this perfectionist mindset just because of the profession we're in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's how fear of failure and perfection is tied together, right? I mean, yeah. there's been so much research that's been done and people who strongly fear failure have a composite of two personality characteristics. A personality that is motivated less by the possibility of winning and gaining something of value mm-hmm. and more by their anxiety about the possibility of messing things up. And this is how the same personality traits that drive perfectionism can show up in low achievers and high achievers. So that I thought was very interesting where perfectionism and fear of failure kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, no, that's so true because, I mean, as you know, I recently had my performance, right? Yeah. And, you know, I've been preparing for this for what, nine months almost? Yeah. And uh, towards the end of it, I even in my sleep, you know, if someone wakes me up, I can just like do the whole piece. In spite of that, I want to say like five months, six months into practicing and, you know, rehearsing, multiple times a week, yeah. I went through this phase and this is all again in my head because, you know, as a, as a dancer, I've been dancing since the age of six, seven, mm-hmm. you know, and I've performed Bharatanatyam and Bollywood and, you know, salsa and belly dancing. I've done many, many, many performances. And uh, in spite of that, the fear that I had this time all going on in my head was, mm-hmm. oh my God, what will happen, Shweta, if you completely forget all the choreography? You're going to bring such a bad name to the dance company, to yourself. You're going to be, you know, what if, you know, you just go on there and you completely like blank out? What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. You know, so this situation that I had created in my own head, Mm -hmm. what if that happens, you know, and I went through this and I would have sleepless nights over it for many, many days, Mm -hmm. many, many weeks, Mm -hmm. until one day I had this conversation with myself out loud. I'm like, okay, Shweta, what do you fear? Okay, mm-hmm. that you're going to forget everything. But why would you forget? Because, you know, this opportunity is the result of preparation and you are preparing every single day for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to kind of talk myself out of it because it was kind of proving to be detrimental where I would go into rehearsal and sometimes I would falter. And that would kind of further, you know, uh, cement the thought that, oh, yeah, what I'm actually imagining is not, I'm not imagining it. It can't happen. And, you know, sure enough, you know, on show day, everything went seamlessly. I did not forget. The show was well received. Everything was good. Yeah, it was amazing from what the pictures (laughs) I saw. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing, right? And then you look back, you know, and you're like, oh, my God, I put myself through so much. Mm -hmm. And um, that again, you know, talking about all of, you know, the, the fear of failure, right? You, you would have heard this at work. The workplace, the most common thing is, you know, performing under pressure. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a very positive trait, you know, and something everyone aspires to. Even in an interview, possibly, you know, they could ask you that question. How do you perform under pressure? Yeah. But then, like, when I, you know, just to play devil's advocate, like, but why do you have to perform under pressure? Like, if you are training yourself, if you're doing this something consistently, you're preparing right? You prepare consistently in bite-sized, you know, progressions every single day, Mm -hmm. whether it's that big deadline, whether Mm -hmm. it's that big presentation, performance, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that is, you will simply be more prepared. Correct. Yeah. And in spite of everything, say on that on show day, there was a technical glitch, Mm -hmm. something happened, we had to redo something, but that's okay. But that happened despite your preparation. Correct. Right. So I feel like and, you know, like you and me were talking, you know, it's funny, you know, Rama and I had the exact same experience. I was just telling her before, as we were discussing this episode that when I was in school, 
I used to do a lot of elocutions and debate competitions. And, uh, you know, if you're from India, you know, Kendriya Vidyalaya is like a pretty prestigious uh, educational institution. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, slotted for my very first inter-school competition. Mm -hmm. And I go on there and there are like at least like 500 people, you know, students and teachers and from all these students from different schools. And I was totally prepared. I go on there and I say hello, introduce myself. And guess what happens next? I blank out. Yeah, I completely freeze. I blank out. Happened to me too. I was I, I was in the same boat as you. Again, elocution competitions it was easy breezy at school, but once I went to an inter school and I completely just like babbled my way for five minutes and then left. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. But again, you know, when you talk about fear of failure, Shweta, like you talked about working under pressure. Do you know ninety percent of the fear of ninety percent of CEOs is they fear of failing in their jobs. Mm. People who are the top leadership positions, 90% of them, and this was re- this is this is all the research has shown this, that they fear in failing in their jobs. And this is just not from, you know, this creeps from low all the way to the top levels mm-hmm. of society mm-hmm. and something that we really need to address. And that's why we're, you know, let's talk about some ways to equip yourself for failure. Yeah. Because in day-to-day life, it is bound to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the ways I think, like you said, you, you, like a dance competition, one of the things that you said was like you were you were looking at, oh, what if I miss this step? What if I'm going to fail? So instead of that, I think number one should be to visualize courage. Just visualize mm-hmm. the opposite of what's going to happen. You know, you put your preparation and yeah. doing your bite-sized steps and ultimately visualize that you're actually succeeding in whatever event that you are you know, you're targeting. Isn't that so, what manifestation is? We talk about it all the time, right? Yeah, it it's is kind of related. one of the steps mm-hmm. of manifestation is actually visualization, feeling, mm-hmm. and, you know, emoting that whole experience, you know, how happy you're going to feel when your when your dance performance just comes through so beautifully, how happy you're going to feel when that public speaking uh, event just happens so mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So just visualizing that uh, creates this whole um, a cycle within that really propels one to like, you know, remove that failure, which is that negative emotion that's up being an obstacle towards success. So visualize courage. And, you know, the other thing we talk about, and let me know if, you know, you can add this too, the no shame policy, right? Yeah. Trying and failing is mm-hmm. definitely seen as not cool. Yeah. Social media is a big example of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's worse, not trying at all, because we're just yeah. afraid, afraid of failing. So Actually having that no shame policy. So anytime you have the fear of failure, just do the opposite thinking. It's like, I have no shame in this. I am going to like, you know, I don't mind failing, but I'm going to try. So visualizing courage, having a no shame policy. And like you and I are doing right now, just if you have some failure, if you even if you're the CEO of a company, just have a coach, mm-hmm. talk to someone. Mm-hmm. You know, coaching is big. You know, have, a, have your mentor. They must have gone through the same issues as you have. Yeah. There are other peers around you and just open up a conversation. You'd be so surprised as to how many people come having a similar uh, issues and they're so thankful that you actually opened up a dialogue, yeah. a space for them yeah. to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these are some of the things. Go ahead, Shweta. And I think another, you know, very uh, favorite of ours is actually one of our mindfulness practices that we always, you know, focus on is focusing on the present. Correct. You know, the power of now, you know, Why don't you start, like, I think one of the things that sometimes I do, uh, especially leading up to the performance was 
starting each day with a mantra, you know, mm-hmm. saying own the unknown future through gratitude for the known present. Right. And then you watch your happiness rise. And as you enjoy what you have right in front of you, yeah. you know, enjoy that practice, enjoy that repetition, right. you know, get as you get better and better at it, just enjoy the journey. Right. And eventually, you know, the result will be exactly what you want. Correct. Absolutely. And even I, you know, I have to add this, that even if it's not exactly what you wanted, you would have at least you have that thing to look back and say, hey, you know what? I enjoyed this journey. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. Mm-hmm. But still, I enjoyed the journey and I did the best I could. Absolutely. I think the idea is to like, just not bottling any of this up, just talking it up, right? Mm-hmm. In the open, mm-hmm. questioning the fears. And ultimately, we can only control what we can control. Mm-hmm. And what we can control is the way we think about any situation. Yeah. So I think giving a lot of focus and what one can control, if you're going to focus on fear, then that's what's going to manifest. If you're going to focus on good, good, that's what's going to manifest. I think this is very simple. Quantum physics has taught us this, yeah. you know, everywhere, every, uh, you know, modern day philosopher is talking about what you focus magnifies. Yeah. Where you put your energy magnifies. So you decide where you're going to put your energy. You're going to put your energy to fear of failure or you're going to put your energy into success. And yeah, yeah go ahead. It just remind what you said just reminded me because that's exactly what Joe Dispenza says, right? Mm-hmm. Your thoughts create your reality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And uh, again, like in that shift in perspective, you know. Here, are, like I was just, uh, I came across this uh, fun way of like looking at failure, right? Mm-hmm. What is fail? It's a simple first attempt in learning. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, when you talk about another word for failure, is a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. What is a mistake? A missed take. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, these can sound like silly or funny, but like that, that's simply when you break it down, because failure is such a big word, right. it can almost be threatening, yeah. you know, and also like failure is just a source of feedback for the current level you're in for that moment. Again, it goes back to the moment, for right. that moment right. and nothing more than that. You know, it's right. an opportunity for you to take on and get better at it. Absolutely. And I think we're come, almost coming to the end of this. Um, I just wanted to reiterate one more point in that. I think, you know, embrace the gray, you know, like you just said, <laughs> you know, the failure has been such a strong word. So, you know, there's nothing like black and white thinking. The black and white thinking is what can lead to stress, right? Mm-hmm. Anxiety and kind of lower self-esteem, you know, judging yeah. oneself on the attitude and effort like this. Mm-hmm. There's so much gray out there. And so embrace that gray because life is always a spectrum. It is always like a nice little uh, painting with different colors. It could have dark colors in it, it could have light colors in it. It has every flavor, every color in it. Yeah. So it doesn't have to all be black and white. So just embrace the spectrum that life offers and embrace the gray that reduces less judgment and reduces less of that fear of failing and mm-hmm. also reduces the perfectionist attitude. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, this was a very beautiful, empowering, much needed conversation, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, it was perfect <laughs> for the same perfect. <laughs> yeah, um, I hope uh, our listeners also enjoy this and can relate to it. Correct, correct. I have to really, really gauge how many times I say perfect and remove that word from my very thought. So that'll yeah. be my goal. <laughs> That is so true. Yeah. So thanks for listening to us. Thanks for tuning in each week. And uh, for those of you who don't know, we now have a Facebook page, Try Break Podcast. So you can check us out there, you know, like, follow, share with your family and friends, you know, and uh, we love 
hearing from you as always. Yes. So yes. until next episode. Take care. See ya. Bye. Bye. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Do continue to give us your valuable feedback via ratings, reviews, and hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on our new episodes. Your support means the world to us. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at chai underscore break underscore podcast to get the scoop on our latest episodes dropping every Wednesday. You can also write to us at chai break podcast at gmail.com.